This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Welcome back to the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. I'm here with my co-host and Family Church Communications Director, Leslie Bennett. We're continuing our series of interviews with people who are experts in areas that are crucial to healthy churches of any size. That's right. And today's definitely falls into the category of that topic because we're going to talk about encouraging and empowering pastors' wives and Neither one of us have ever been that. Nope, I've never been a pastor's wife. And I've never been a pastor's wife either. So there you go. We're going to talk to Kathy Linton, who's the director of Planter Spouse Development at the North American Mission Board. She's focused on encouraging and empowering staff wives, something that's very important to us, both personally and professionally. Wouldn't you say, Jimmy? No doubt. I need all the help that I can get because happy wife happy life. And I just think this is something that you and your wife, Kristen, do so well. Um, She's faithful to gather our staff wives, our pastor's wives regularly to encourage and support them. I'm curious as to how this got started in you and Kristen's life. Well, we learned this early on when we were on staff at Highview Baptist Church in Louisville with Kevin Ezel as our senior pastor, Lynette Ezel as his wife. And she did a really good job coming alongside younger pastor's wives and staff wives and nurturing them and developing them and just really just mentoring and being a friend. And so when we came here to a family church, it was something that Kristen naturally took on as her role. Mm -hmm. And of course, as we get older, you know, we're in our mid forties now, a lot of our pastor's wives are in their twenties or young thirties. And so we just have a different kind of a relationship with them than we used to have in the past. And we really find it a really special and really sweet opportunity to speak into them. And, you know, Kristen has actually asked me for a budget to do this. And so at this point, we have a pretty significant budget. We mm-hmm. have time allocated. We require our guys on staff to actually do childcare on the nights we have That's these right. staff wife gatherings. And so it's something that we've prioritized. I think it's made our church a whole lot healthier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. But enough about us. That's right. Today, we're going to interview our friend, Kathy. Before we do that, I want to thank Lifeway Christian Resources for being a sponsor of our March the 7th Sharper Conference. Lifeway distributes Bibles in their CSB translation. CSB is an English translation that is faithful to the original languages without sacrificing clarity. The CSB is offered in a wide range of study Bibles, including study Bibles for women, apologetics, teenagers, kids, and much more. They even have my favorite, a three circles Bible. You can find out more at csbible.com. Okay, Leslie, enough about us. We're going to go to our interview with Kathy. Hey, Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and kind of your life experience, because you have a really incredible and unique story. Jimmy, I'm so glad to be with you today, and yeah, telling my story definitely has some twists and turns that I didn't see coming. Elizabeth Elliott has said, the will of God is never exactly what you expect it to be, and 
I would say many of us know that truth in our lives. But I married a preacher boy in 1976, Rick Ferguson. We're from Missouri, and God gave us a great life together. And at one point in our ministry, we left our home in the St. Louis area and moved to Denver in 1991 with small kids. And that one move, Jimmy, really changed both of our lens and our understanding of the need for the gospel in secular places, and God did some amazing things, and Rick started a church planning network kind of before it was really a thing, about 1994, 1995, yeah. from our church, which is a downtown church in Denver, started planning churches, so that's kind of when the DNA of church planning came in him and obviously affected me, but Rick was killed in a car accident in 2002. And actually, at that point, Jimmy, there were 27 church plants that were operating so under incredible. the Riverside wow. umbrella. What a legacy. And uh, so that uh, started this trajectory I didn't see coming and went on a honest and difficult and grueling grief journey of loss. And I was a widow at 45, never really thought that was what God would include in our story. But, Jimmy, I'm going to tell you what, I learned so many things about God in that season and the depth and riches of who He came to be and to comfort. And uh, over time, I began to see that God had other things for me to do. And I went on staff at a mega church and grew and healed. And then, almost 10 years ago, I married another pastor who had lost his wife in a car accident, Ed Witten, who pastors in Mobile, Alabama. And so we've been married almost 10 years, and God has written a really different story for us in this season of our life, and we're both so grateful for that. So we just, we have a very unique marriage, and it's been like any other marriage that contained a lot of work, and we're still breaking each other in. <laughs> I love given, that. <laughs> God's given us a great love in this afternoon of our life, and we're grateful. Wow, what a fantastic story, Kathy. And you have such a sweet spirit about all of it. And so I guess at the end of all of that, you have quite a bit of experience being a pastor's wife. You've been at multiple churches. You've actually been married to two pastors, and you've been a church planter's wife. So what do you enjoy about that role? I mean, before we get to your role with Nam and all of that, what do you what have you enjoyed about being a pastor's wife? Well, you know, as a young girl, I I had a call in my life. I didn't know how to articulate it. and But I think that the opportunity, Jimmy, to be a part, you know, you know, we, at NAM, we talk about a church planting marriage. And I've been in two amazing ministry marriages where my husband saw me as a partner with him in all that he did, both, both Ed and Rick. And the opportunity to see life change and transform, transform marriages healed, it's been a privilege. It's and a humbling privilege to be a part of that. That's pretty incredible, Kathy, that you've had this wide range of experience. I really admire that. I've never been a pastor's wife. I have been on staff. I didn't know that about you, about being on staff. So if you were giving advice to younger women, what are some things that you might tell them? I think you wrote a blog piece I read one time about what you would tell your younger self. So could you share that with our listeners? Well, I think the idea that when Jesus gave the Great Commission, there were women in that audience. And so we have been tapped 
with the same job as men to spread the news of the gospel. And I think we need to make that our primary goal, no matter what the role or the task is. That, and we shouldn't make it about the role or the task. We make it about the high calling of being a believer and advancing the gospel in the places that he's called us. And all the multitude of ways we get to do that, and that they would embrace that. And secondarily, that they would have a genuine, passionate, personal gospel, because the gospel we experience is the one that we offer other people. And you can, we need education, we need training, but we need a vibrant, white-hot relationship with Jesus ourselves. So what I hear you saying is keep your focus on your own relationship with Christ and let the rest of the details take care of themselves, basically. No, I think it's very primary that we have a genuine, authentic, life-giving relationship. And I I recognize that some have some highs and lows in our journey, but Mm -hmm. that should be our number one. That equips us right there, that Sends us off into the harvest. Hey, Kathy, you were talking to me off the air about the way that you see women as indispensable to the gospel ministry. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I tell you, we, you know, you think about the two huge mandates of the Bible, starting in the book of Genesis to be fruitful and multiply, and then in the spiritual way, the Great Commission, the same kind of mandate. Women were indispensable in the garden and were indispensable in reaching the gospel. There <laughs> is right. no way that God would want the kingdom of God to be advanced with 50% of the population sitting on the sidelines. Well, we certainly have a passion for that here at Family Church, and we talk a lot about that on this podcast, Church for the Rest of Us. Now, Kathy, God has now moved you into an incredible role where you have a nationwide ministry with the North American Mission Board. What What is your role, and how could our listeners connect with that? Well, I am now the director of Church Planter Spouse Development, which means, and I think you're familiar, Jimmy, that NAM has over time created a pretty fully orbed system to assess and train and coach the men. And we've been a little slow to come to the table on the women's side, but we're there now. And so I have a small team working with me to do the same things because, Jimmy, that irreplaceable, indispensable idea for a planter's wife, she needs to be as supported and equipped as her husband because in many ways she could be the most important human factor outside of the planter himself that would dictate and predict the success and the health of the church plant. Now, Kathy, is there a difference? No, no oh. pressure. No pressure on the women, but yeah. that's what I really well, I think it's such a vital point that you're making because uh, Chris and my wife and I, we talk about this all the time, is that a lot of times she's seen as serving in a background role because my wife doesn't like to be up front a lot. However, like I have no ministry without her affirming it, supporting it, facilitating it. I mean, anytime she wants to to pull the plug, I'm done. And I tell you, it's, it's just such a vital, vital thing, uh, no matter what the gifts are or the talents are that are that are being employed in the church. And so I'm so glad that you're doing that. And I'm so thankful that we have a North American mission board that sees the wisdom of putting resources towards caring for church planter spouses. That's just really incredible. Yeah. And Kathy, I was going to ask you, is there a difference between a, you know, how you minister to a planter's wife and a pastor's wife? Because I see there's a distinguishing factor there in your career. So I'm just curious what you see the difference as being. Well, my role needed to change it now because it was 
really impossible to serve the forty-five the churches with forty-five thousand Southern churches. We can't really do much of to serve ministry life in that population. And we're a church planning organization, so I I really asked for a change in my role before I would go off in the sunset and retire from NAMP that I could focus my remaining years at NAMP to planters. And yes, I think they are uniquely different. Now, there's a lot of crossover, but we're dropping couples, planting couples down with incredible financial pressure. Oftentimes, they're in a context that are very, very secular and sometimes even anti-Christian. And so the contexts are very challenging. There's a lot of it puts pressure on marriages. There's a lot of isolation that can come with church planning because they don't have very big communities around them. And the, it's very risky. And I, I use this, there's not much room for error in church planting. Mm. If something gets fragile, it could tip over somebody or something. And so, yes, I think there is a unique way that planners wives need support and care and equipping that traditional models just don't. So do you have um, any stories that you could share with us about some of the interactions that you have or some of the ways you come alongside of these women? Well, I mean, NAM has developed a wonderful system of care that's been ongoing that, you know, while all of those things I just listed to you are true in a planting couple's experience, but also life just keeps rolling on and cancer comes mm. and car accidents and we're able to step in because of the cooperative funding of our denomination to step in. We had two young families this summer lose one lost a baby with cancer about nine or ten months old, mm. a long battle. There was a drowning incident with a young family. And so when those dark catastrophic things happen in planting families, NAM is able to step in and provide uh, not just emotional support, but some financial support to get them through some really hard times. But it's more than just care. It's, it's I'm working on uh, training retreats for lives, and I've just come off doing two beta retreats in two different cities to test our content and our delivery system. And these women come into the field, many of them are young believers, and they need part discipleship part ministry equipping, and we can help them along to mature and arm them for these contexts, which are particularly challenging. Well, I know, Kathy, you and I have actually worked together with some different church planters and caring for their families, and you've been such an instrumental part of helping people find a way to health in a very challenging role, and I'm so personally grateful to you for that. But I wonder if you have any advice. So we have all of these hundreds and hundreds of pastors listening to this podcast What advice would you give to them about caring for and empowering their wives and other staff wives in their churches? I think it's important in the world in which we live and that pastors are able to say to, first of all, to his wife and to staff wives and to the general population in his congregation, we need you. Our church needs you. I need you. That you are not just you know, if we think about some language, using women in a token kind of way says we see you, but including them in the life of the church says, I, we need you. We can't reach our community without your your role and your healthy role in this church. And I think valuing them, Jenny, for Great Commission work goes a long way. Some of them don't feel that. I'm not saying that's always fair, but I think pastors do a great service to 
starting with their wife and every other woman, like you are a valuable member of reaching this uh, community we decided to do. But then recognize where they have a unique gifting that really complements and fully orbs the whole ministry of the church. If she's a great organizer, put her to work in an administrative way. If she's a great communicator, find the ways to use those skills wherever she can. And then just value the places that God takes their life. So many women in the workplace of valuing them as missionaries. And and I, it doesn't take much, Jimmy, from the pulpit here and there for any pastor to really send the signal of, to the women in congregation how valuable they are to the work of that church. And that was, that's a good starting point. That is such a tremendous point. And one of the things that I know by studying the New Testament and just living life with my own wife, with my own daughters, with women that I get to work with in our church You know, I just believe that the spiritual gifts are given to every believer, men and women, indiscriminately. And so I think they all have the same types of gifts. And our church's job is to help people develop and deploy their gifts in the service of the church. And like you said, Kathy, we are missing out if we sideline gifted people because of their gender. And what a foolish, unbiblical approach. And so we encourage at our church Uh, for every person, men and women, to discover and develop and deploy their gifts, whatever they are. And I I think you're right, is that sometimes in our more traditional conservative churches, like I've grown up in and like our church is, we can use our complementarian theology almost as camouflage for keeping women in their place. And that's not uh, what God wants. It's not the best thing for our church. Hey, we're the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. So, Kathy, what are some first steps? So if a pastor's listening to this and he's going, oh my gosh, I think I need to do a better job of that. I I think I need to do a better job valuing my wife or staff wives or just elevating women in my church. What are some first steps a guy could take if he's doing nothing to do that? What would you say? Here's where you start. I would say this, and I say this very humbly. There's some places that we have kind of locked women out. And for no real strong biblical reason, Jimmy, do you know what I mean? We, We just traditionally... I'm going to use this example, like when people come forward at the end of a service, this is just an example for consideration, like, do you have women up there to receive women when they come to pray? And, and you know, in my mind, that's not necessarily, you know, we Rick did this, we did this, Ed does this, where we have people of, you know, male and female both receiving people to pray with them and talk with them. And so I'm just using that as a small example of places that we need to look creatively and freshly at how we can use women staying within a good complementarian viewpoint, obviously, but sometimes we close some doors for women that don't really need to be closed even by good biblical complementarian standards, if that makes any sense. And I would encourage yeah. pastors entertain some fresh thinking about those kind of things. All right. I want to jump in on that too, because I want to echo everything that you're saying. I think that even conservative, traditional, complementarian churches should take a hard look at the actual scriptures and see what the actual scriptures say about who can do what. And so I affirm that at Family Church, we do the same thing, Kathy. We have a Next Steps team, men and women. We have women baptized. We have women speak from the platform. We have women pray. We have women. So we do a lot of this kind of thing, although we do think that men should have a unique leadership role in the home. And we think senior pastors should be men. At the same time, there's a lot of room to run 
and we need to let our ladies loose out there and let them do things what God's what God's Watch raised out. them up to do. That's exactly Stay careful. right. And Kathy, I know, I mean, you spoke specifically to the role of women in the church overall. I know here at Family Church, Kristen especially has done a good job bringing our pastor's wives together and encouraging them. Is that an area that you think people could get started in if they're not doing anything like that? Absolutely. And I think this does start with a pastor saying this is primary to the care and health of our of our ministry marriages and to the staff wives in our church that they help bring that together. Now, if you give some women permission to do that, they will run with that. They will help. But I think the pastor takes a lead and say, we need to provide care for our staff wives and bring them together and you know, identify some woman that can help bring maturity to that. And uh, we have a lot of young staff wives at our church, and it's been great to get time with them. And you feel like there's some just great organic mentoring that goes on, you know, even by accident. Not, you know, it's, it's been a great thing. I think pastors identifying that and get the women in, in place that can help them with that. Well, Kathy, how could, if someone's listening to this and they say, wow, I would like to connect with the North American Mission Board and what uh, Kathy's doing. Is there a way for them to do that? Well, they can go on now.net and go to the church planting pages there. And I'm part of the Send Network team. And so you'll learn more about all that the Send Network is able to provide for uh, for planters and their wives, but also for supporting churches, Jimmy. As you know, uh, we have churches that help support these church plants, and that's also a place that they can go and learn about that. Well, Kathy, it's been such a joy to have you on the podcast today, and I have such great admiration for you and for Ed, and I did not know Rick. I just knew him from afar. I met him a few times, but just what a pleasure it is to have you on today. Thank you for being able to share so uh, candidly and helpfully. And I'm very grateful that you are willing to serve in this nationwide ministry, helping to care for the wives of church planters. And if you want more information about Kathy and what she's doing and what's happening at the North American Mission Board, go check it out at NAMB, that's NAM.net. The North American Mission Board is actually a sponsor of this year's Sharper Conference at Family Church in West Palm Beach. And we're going to have a session for Pastor's Wife that is led by my wife, Kristen. And so if you want to get the real scoop on how well we do this, she will be here to tell you all about it. You can register today at sharperconference.com. And I know that Kristen will look forward to meeting you as will I. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, This is Jimmy Scroggins, and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.